0: You're listening to The Regular Podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM.
1: The vet is here on the morning show. That is Pete Weatherburn from Bray Vet, Old Connor Avenue in Bray. Thanks for coming in, Pete. Good morning to you. Good morning. Interesting research as regards um, people um, passing on their anxieties, basically, to their poor old pets. This is, uh, Swedish researchers have come up with this. So,
0: tell us, I mean, that's the, the bones of it. What's underneath the story? Well... It's really very interesting. We've known for a long time, you see, that within a species, stress is contagious. So, I suppose, for me, the most obvious example would be if there was a shoal of fish and one fish gets a fright, the rest of the fish will dart away exactly at the same time. So they're very sensitive to each other. Um, And we've known that that also applies in in some mammals um, and also in humans. For example, studies have shown that... um, Females, mothers' stress levels are mirrored by their children. So if a woman gets very stressed, then her children, whether they're very young infants, whether they're older children, they also feel stressed. So we know that that effect is there. We know that if a teacher is a highly stressed individual, then her students or his students are far more likely to be compared to the students of a teacher who's chilled out and, and not so stressed. So there's, we know that there's, within a species, that. that that there is this, if you like, contagious effect of stress. Now, um, one thing I'll quickly add here is how do you measure stress? Well, how they measure stress um, is by taking a sample of hair. And what hair does is hair um, retains uh, traces of cortisone from the body. Um, over a period of weeks and months. So as the hair grows, um, it incorporates certain amounts of cortisol depending on how much there is in the body. And um, there's a correlation between feeling stressed and having higher levels of cortisol. So what they did is they took hair samples from these dogs and from humans and they compared the, st- the, the cortisol levels over a period of time. That's how they did it. It's kind of complicated technically. Anyway, the point is that this what this study did is this study looked at a bunch of different... Um, actually, they looked at 58 dog-human um, couples, if you like. Um, and what they did is they, they analysed the hair cortisol concentrations on two different occasions... So one one representing the summer and one representing the winter. And they chose different dogs and different owners to get a really good sort of random spectrum of, of the populations. And what they found was that there was a surprising level of correlation. So when the human was stressed, the dog was much more likely to be stressed as well. Um, and they worked out that it is the dogs mirroring the people rather than the people mirroring the dogs if you know what I mean and they know that because they looked at when looking at human levels of stress they look at what they call the big five human um, personality traits Um, so you know whether somebody's neurotic whether they're open um whether they're there's different terms that psychologists used and they know that certain people with certain personality traits are more likely to be stressed than others so anyway by doing all this they worked out that it's the humans who get stressed in the first place and then the dogs mirror that right but
1: this swedish research looked at just female owners as such
0: um, it, as far as I know it did, yes. Yeah, so they're going on
1: to the males now. Yeah, that's, but you,
0: That's another project. Yeah, but listen... Uh, they found, actually, interestingly, they, generally females are more prone to stress than males, across all species, funnily enough, not just humans. Um, with rats and with, with other creatures as well, they, they find that there's higher cortisone levels, and they reckon it's to do with female's social status in, in, in the world. The things that they have to do, rearing children and so on, they're v- more vulnerable to stress than than, than men. Okay. Or oh, males. So so well, let's hope uh,
1: <laughs> that changes in some way. Um, but uh, is there a default setting for pets as such? Are pets, you know, do they have a default relaxation and it's only then influenced by their interactivity with humans? It,
0: well, yeah, they're, they're actually... Believe it or not, they now have a thing called a dog personality questionnaire, um, which they complete. Because, yes, dogs, of course, like some dogs are more chilled out than other dogs, aren't they? So, as part of this research, they actually filled out dog personality questionnaires to work out, well, what sort of, how how, how stressed is this particular dog in in general anyway? So, yes, dogs do have a, they they have a certain level of stress themselves. But, I mean, I, I see, as a vet in practice, I see how stress can be contagious in my daily work i'll give you an example if an owner comes in with a dog and the owner really is is, is quite tense often the dog is also quite tense and, and quite fearful whereas if an owner comes in and they're more relaxed generally the dog is as well so i see that all the time and as well as that what i notice is that um most dogs when they come in they do seem to be a bit anxious you know they before the examination so I, in their tail they're happy again so it's like I don't think dogs would, would be able to work out that that's the order of things that happen, that you go to the vet, you get put on the table, and when you get put down on the ground again, you're finished. I think that the owners know that's what's going on. So the owner's a bit anxious about how the dog's going to behave. Is the dog going to get a bit snappy with the vet? Um, is it going to be sore for the pet and all this sort of stuff? So the owners are a bit tense, and the dogs pick that up. Then once the dog's on the ground, the owner goes, whew, that's a relief, that's that finished. And the dog also goes, whew, that's better. It's very interesting stuff, though. Yeah, so, you know, in Hollywood or
1: somewhere like that, or Beverly Hills, they probably have all sort of counselling for dogs and things, do they? uh? I
0: suspect that's just (laughs) around the corner.
1: Oh, gosh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can I mention one thing briefly, Declan? Just wanted to highlight to people, we're, we're getting right into the ectoparasite season. What I mean by that is... Fleas and ticks. As we get towards the warm summer months, um, it's warm enough outside that fleas and ticks become much more active and they're able to breed outside. So it means that animals that may escape from these parasites throughout the rest of the year often they start to see them during the summer months. So do keep an eye on your pets out there. Um, make sure they don't pick up. Ticks, because ticks can carry Lyme disease that can affect humans as well, and also be aware that um, they very commonly can can bring fleas in if your dog or cat goes outside where there are other animals. In the warmer months of the summer they will pick up those fleas and bring them back into your home and if you're worried about, you know, if if that's been an issue for you in the past, the way to prevent that is to talk to your vet about flea prevention and tick prevention products they've got much, much better in recent years and there's some very, very easy ways to control these parasites these days.
1: Very good a question just in from Mm -hmm. Julie it's uh, it's one you've answered before but there's still concern about these sort of things. Uh, Morning Declan please ask Pete um, about chocolate um, keeping giving dogs chocolate, I know uh, somebody who has a dog, and they feed them chocolate on occasion so well, what 's the
0: story there 's some misconceptions about this so, so first thing is white chocolate is completely safe okay so don 't worry about white chocolate white chocolate that 's okay. safe that 's fine safe. Um, and secondly, dark chocolate 's much more toxic than milk chocolate so the the darker the chocolate, the more toxic it is so the third thing is. In actual fact, an occasional treat of chocolate isn't going to do most dogs any harm whatsoever. It's a dose-related poison. So, um, if you have a little chihuahua and you give them half a bar of chocolate, yes, you might kill them. It's as toxic as that. If you've got a Great Dane and you give them a whole bar of chocolate, it's probably not going to touch him because he's such a big dog. But the general rule is that you shouldn't give any dog chocolate because... Even if you don't give them enough to poison them, you'll give them enough to give them the the taste of chocolate, to make them realize this stuff is really, really delicious. And nearly always the time when we see chocolate poisoning isn't when people give treats to their dog, it's when the dog steals chocolate. Chocolate. Because when dogs steal chocolate, they steal the whole lot. So if, if a dog finds a box of chocolates, he won't have one or two and say, well, that's very nice, I had enough, thank you very much. He will eat the whole lot. He'll finish as many trays, as, as, many, as many levels as there are. He'll just go through them all, eat the whole lot. And that's the problem. If dogs learn to like chocolate, then they scoff the lot. And they learn to absolutely love it. And they'll break through barriers to get to it if they get the scent. And they do get the scent because they've got such a sensitive um, sense of smell that they can pick up chocolate through layers of wrapping and so on. So, lock up your chocolate, everybody.
1: Oh, just a quick question in for Pete there. Mm -hmm. What about uh, sliced ham
0: for a shih tzu dog? As treats, sliced ham... It's no problem at all. It's absolutely fine. It's only when people try to feed their dogs on nothing but sliced ham, that's when they get into difficulties. Great stuff.
1: Thanks for the quick response. Very good. (laughs) Okay, thanks very much indeed, Pete. Thank you. That's Pete Weatherburn, and Pete is in Bray Vet. It's on Old Connor in Bray, and uh, Pete has a website, which is PeteTheVet.com. You can hear this broadcast again on that. Thanks very much indeed, Pete. Good to see you again. Thank you.